I want to do a little bit of a recap over some things that we've done over the last few weeks, and then uh, I've got to f- I'm going to finish with seven quick points and lots of challenge and talking to each other. So it's not just going to be front-end teaching. If I say something you don't understand or I go too fast, put your hand up and slow me down. Do you all love me? Good. We're going to spend a long time in eternity together. Um, I want to just recap about the five major changes that are coming to the church. Who doesn't remember this or hasn't heard this? So I know who I'm speaking to. You all know what the five major changes are coming? You can all say no. So, so I, don't, I don't want to just labor things, but it's important if I go through them so that we're all on the same page. Okay, these are five major changes that someone has identified, and it's exciting to me because you will, you will see them in this context. This context being Kingdom Advance Network, what we do on a Sunday, and our mandate to reach into the nations for the UK and, the, and beyond. Um, at the moment, uh, some people don't understand this and are not on this page, but let me tell you right at the very beginning, they will have to get on this page. This isn't a, a choice thing. Oh, well, I like this church, so I'll just do it this way. This is for all churches globally are going to find these five major shifts and things happening in their context. Steve's been speaking uh, on from Acts. Did he say Acts? The Acts of the Apostles was about action. When Jesus was on the earth, the disciples and the people around him thought he was going to do something differently. So when he went to heaven, it was a bit of a shocker because they didn't expect him to do what he did. And because of that, their discomfort level was high. It didn't suit. I thought, but now you, uh, uh. And that's what it's going to feel like in the church because we have gone for year after year after year with the same result and the time is short and Jesus is coming back and the prayer movement is fueling that day and increasing our speed to it. Amen? So if you're with me, you can preach with me. I'll go faster. So in, um, in Acts Uh, the disciples had come together and they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Jesus has gone somewhere, and we are pursuing him. Those who hold on to a structure or ministry instead of Jesus will not be willing to go where he takes the church. I will follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And so the first thing I want you to see is, when we are witnessing or when we are demonstrating kingdom, it's not so that people will fill a church. It's so that people will encounter him. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So the first um, shift will be that services will become more like prayer meetings. Who can say amen to that? It's going to be difficult for some churches because a prayer meeting to them is in a box on a Tuesday night. Do you know what I'm saying? And if you've got a calling to pray, you can go. By the way, when Pauline and Keith come in September, 
we are all going to be involved. Does that mean we're all going to stand and knock on a door? No. But if you're not standing and knocking on a door, you will certainly be praying. You will certainly be engaged in a prayer team or a prayer group that is praying because it's going to demand the whole church to do it. When we get a call from the Lord to do something, it's to all. A call to all. I like that. So services will become more like prayer meetings. Today, people tend to choose churches based on the appeal of the teaching and the worship or the fervency instead of the fervency of prayer. One of the greatest indictments on the church today is that that prayer is not the driving force. I would like for our reputation to be there a church that prays. That's the praying church. That's the praying church. They're the praying people. Interestingly, Youth for Christ are coming up to 30 years celebration, and I've said it before, but they want to do a, a whole 24-hour time frame of prayer for young people in the town. And where have they looked for that? Here. So in October, they're coming here to do a Friday night, all through the night, Saturday, finishing with a celebration of prayer. And they're looking here. And they said, we want to be there because we know there's a well that you're digging. There's a foundation you're laying. There's an anointing. And there's a portal that's opened up over here. The second thing that will change is personal need will give way to personal mission. Today, churches are often more uh, like uh, like organic, socially driven hospitals. I'm going to church because I'm in a mess. I'm going to church because I need somebody to pray for me. I'm going to church. Uh, I'm going to church for me, me, me. It's all about me. When we come to church, we should all come with a portion to give. It might be for this day that you just have to minister to one-on-one. It might be that you come and bring a portion that's public. It, it could be in, in a number of different ways that you bring something to give. But I'll tell you what, if you don't, execute what you've come to give, you will go home like the Dead Sea. Taken in, taken in, taken in, taken in, never giving out, and it becomes stale, stinky, and horrible. We come to give. In the giving, we receive. In the giving, he pours out. In the giving, I'm ministered to. We got it? You still with me? So instead of the church functioning as a hospital, it will once again function as a mission-driven military. The saints will be equipped for service, not just for personal survival. The primary purpose will be to get the soldier back to the battle, not minimizing personal ministry. This weekend, we have had two teams, you won't know this, but two ministry teams ministering over the weekend into lives because lives need it, because there's areas that need ministry. Now, let me tell you, that's going on, but we don't see that. So personal needs are being ministered to. And if you have a need, if there's an area in your life where you need an upgrade or there's a a, a stronghold or something, you can have personal ministry in Kingdom Advance Network. We are a church that heals the sick, raises the dead, casts out demons and preaches good news. So we're not saying we want to minimize that. What we're saying is that isn't the focus. The reason we do it is so that we can get back into mission. Apostles, will, again, will lead with governmental authority, and pastors will be seen as the main leader less, but in the context with the apostolic and prophetic doing their job, and the one gets released to do their job, and the other gets released to do their job. Third thing, teaching will be minimized, but instruction 
emphasized. Well, don't they mean the same thing? No, they don't. Very, very different. Let me explain. Teaching is for personal edification, while instruction is for corporate assignment. Now, this is where we're going to do our first bit of group work. Lock the door. Today, most churches focus on teaching principles of Scripture, providing truths that will help believers navigate through their lives and giving nuggets of biblical information. While there will still be important Bible teaching, apostolic instruction will emerge as a necessity and a new ministry. Listen, and tell me if you agree with this. There is enough Bible teaching online, in CDs, in books, and on videos to turn every one of us in this room into a spiritual giant. You can tell your neighbor she's speaking to you. You can say to your neighbor, if you really took hold of all that was available to you, you could be a spiritual giant. You could be a spiritual giant. You are a spiritual giant. You could be. Someone said to me once, you know, she's too heavenly minded for any earthly use. I'd rather be that than too earthly minded for any heavenly use. How do we get stirred up and edified? How do we increase and grow? By personally pursuing. You know, I've been many times, not many times, I've been several times, to Chimmer and Esther's home. Do you know, every time I go, they have something coming out of their TV that is exhortation, edification, and comfort. They, every time I've been, they have had their TV on. And I, I'm not preaching, don't have your TV on. I'm saying I've had the, the right stuff coming out pouring stuff out of your TV that is going to bless, increase, edify, teach, equip, and train. We miss opportunities. Switch off Coronation Street. It's rubbish. There's nothing good in some of the filth that they put on today. If you have to have a TV, make sure you've got something on there that is giving you truth and increasing you. Do you like me preaching this morning? Oh, I said to Steve, I haven't preached in, haven't preached in Kingdom Advance Network for such a long time, I'm nervous. Anyway, um, so we have to take it upon ourselves to grow. What is lacking is apostolic leaders, military commanders who give instruction and assignments to a ready army. Teaching is personal growth-based, while a call to corporate action is for the sake of mission fulfillment. Now, let me explain something. This is what it would look like. The apostolic leader gives a corporate assignment for everybody in the church to fast and pray for a week and get yourself into spiritual uh, readiness, and then we're going to go and prayer walk. What we don't do is, now we've got to have a bit of a Bible study on prayer. We've got to have a bit of a, let's encourage one another, and let's, let's get everybody ready. and Do it at home and be ready when you come here to give. The Bible says... In 1 Corinthians 14, when you assemble, each one has. And as a young Christian, I can remember being told by my, uh, one of my elders, well, I wasn't told, it was, it was doing a teaching and I've never forgotten it. He said, you should prepare your heart on a Sunday morning before you come to church. Lord, if there's an opportunity, let me be the one to pray out in tongues. Let me be the one to give a word of prophecy or encouragement. Let me give, be the one to share a portion of scripture. Let me be the one that comes to edify and exhort the believers. Let me be the one that has a word of knowledge. Someone in here, you've got earache. Jesus wants to heal you right now. That sort of thing. 
Come on, stir up the gifts. They are gifts for us to use. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, if we won't learn in the, in the safety and the grace network of the local church, you can bet your bottom dollar you're not going to do it out there. Because you will always be going, is it me, is it God, is it me, is it God, is it me? I won't bother. Whereas if you're in here and we're celebrating one another's gift and we're bringing those gifts forth and we're saying, great, fantastic, keep sharpening it, keep sharpening it, we'll get there. I won't get there if I don't hurry up. So you like that one? So what's that? This is, this is our bit of together, our apostolic instruction. At this moment in Kingdom Advanced Network, in this season that we're in, our overall assignment, if you like, is to learn how to pray, to reorder our daily schedule personally, to increase in prayer, in time, in quality and quantity, in order that when we come together, prayer level goes up. Are you all with me? Do you understand? In a corporate environment, you will always default to the lowest and the weakest if you don't have enough momentum to take you to the highest. So you'll always be sort of hoping that Jesus will heal or hoping that the Holy Spirit will manifest. Or we know it's there. We know it's there. But it takes strong and brave men and women who dare to pray it and dare to stand in it and dare to call it forth until it comes. Yeah? Yeah. Still with me? So, our, our current instruction and assignment corporately that I am placing on you, on you as a believer in this house is to learn how to pray, and some of you are coming to prayer school. I'm thrilled. A prayer school on Friday, we had new people. We had people from different churches came. There were 19 here and at least six that should have been here, could have been here, would have been here if they could have been. And then whilst prayer school was on, Suzanne took a phone call from a lady in Sleaford, Seaford, Sleaford, Stamford, Lincoln anyway. She says, I've just got an email from Kingdom Advanced Network. I see you have a prayer school. Can I come? Well, Suzanne said, not right now because it's on. You won't make it. She said, I'll be there next week. I want to connect with people. God is doing it. Marilyn came from Warrington. We had uh, Kim Ong from Birmingham. This is for a daytime prayer meeting. I was like, a daytime time to get together to pray and to uh, network. So you know what your corporate assignment is in this season on this house, yes? We will gather together most days of the week. The 24-7 church will again emerge as the church drives culture instead of reacting to culture. Cares of life will lose their power as we simplify our lives and put corporate prayer and mission ahead of everything else. Just hold that thought, cares of life. I'm going to come back to it in about 10 minutes. Hold on to cares of life. So this might be the most challenging change for us as... Yes, hold on to the thought. I want to talk about cares of life. Don't hold on to them. Um, uh, Sundays at the moment, we set aside to do something different to our normal day, our normal week. Sundays is a special day. We don't do normal things. That's going to be turned around on its head. 
Sundays, what you experience here is going to become normal. This is going to become normal. Not sitting listening to somebody teach, but participating. Who was at the watch this morning? Dynamic. Best meeting of the week. Best meeting of the week. Why? Because there's activation. There's following the thread of revelation. There's participating with heaven. So when you finish the watch, you feel like, this is what I'm made for. I'm actually being who I'm supposed to be. Anyway, Lord, you're great. So it wouldn't be surprising if a tithe of our time is what became the standard. I've done a little bit of working out again. If we were aiming, well, we're aiming for 24-7, but 24-7 prayer and worship is a big ask from where we are. At the moment, we have one hour of prayer in this house every day. You heard Steve rattle them off. You should all know when they are, and you should all be connecting to at least one of them a week. You've got Monday tea time. You've got Tuesday daytime. You've got Wednesday an unearthly hour when everybody else is sleeping. Don't tell me that you can't make 5.15 in the morning because the only thing that's keeping you from coming is a bed or your schedule at work. Okay. Thursday, later on for the late birds. Friday, morning, prayer school. Saturday, evening tea time, early evening tea time, five o'clock. Sunday, watch, nine o'clock. There should be a time. Now, that's seven hours that we host a prayer meeting. Is that right? A prayer gathering. What if we were to aim for 10% of the work of the, of the week? There's 168 hours in a week. 10% is 17 hours. Can you hand on heart say, you are standing in the presence of the Lord, encountering him and following his thread of revelation and praying according to the Spirit for 10% of your, 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 your week? None of us. Oh, but some people have more time than others. We've all got exactly the same amount of time in the day. It's what we choose to do with our time. I'm I'm preaching to myself. You've got this, haven't you? Because I want to do the 10%. I want to do 20%. I want to do. So I'm giving you things for you to rise up to, I hope. Two to three hours a day, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or evening, or even in the late hours, will be given by every believer to praying on site together with others, ministering and giving ourselves to intercession-fueled kingdom ministry. Yes. And fifthly, worship will be supernaturally driven. The sound in worship is not simply a new style. It is supernatural, an otherworldly groan of intercession worship that will explode out of a new breed of worship leaders as they lead the way into the shock and glory and awe of God. That's what we're looking for. We will no longer simply sit in a pew or stand with raised hands while a familiar worship song is sung. The prophetic groaning sounds of Holy Spirit facilitated worship will make it normal to shake and fall on our faces as we cry holy. If we had a revelation like the angels have, we wouldn't stand holy. You are holy. 
our breath would be caught away. Tears would stream down our face if we really, 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 really had a glimpse of the, the destitute-ness of our heart and the glory and the awesomeness of the purity of him. We would begin to shake. Can you hear me? We would begin to shake. I said on Friday, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't give myself permission to think about a lost eternity. Because what we do is, we think about all these people that don't want Jesus. They'll just go into this last little, you know, have a, have a little party themselves. There's, there's no party, you know. It is utter torment that never ends. Separation from the one true living God. If we, if we really dwelt there, we'd be on our faces. We'd just fall to our knees for our brothers, our sisters, our, our families. Wouldn't we? we really believed what the scripture says, that there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain, we'd pray in a different way. The natural, logical, sing-along songs will be no more. We will have a hard time standing as the Shekinah and the Kabod of, of, of God, God's glory resides in his church. Worship teams will practice less and pray in the spirit with tears in their eyes more. How about that? So we say yes, Lord, to those five major changes, and we say yes to them here. Amen? Now, I think I might skip this next one. The hubs are arising. There's a strategic places of outpouring that the Lord is doing. We are one of those hubs. There's prophetic and apostolic in there. And the purpose of these hubs arising is so that a destiny, individually and corporately and in the world, you know, in the region, will be released. Still with me? These revival hubs will be known for miracles and power, places where supernatural power is, where bodies are healed, lives are changed, and miracles are released. Who wants that? I do too. However, however, we're going to have a couple of slides now where your discomfort level is just going to shoot through the roof. Are you ready? Because this is like the end, and I said to Steve, I'm going to move this, and I'm going to put before them the possibility, and then we're going to see the characteristics of a revival hub. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. They're marked by hunger. They're marked by hunger. Why did you come today? Well, I don't know anything else on a Sunday morning. I've committed to come to Cannes. I've been coming in a long while. Uh, I like this. I like that. I like the other. I would love one day for someone to shout out, why are you here today? Because I'm hungry. I have to be where there are a group of people and their only aim and their only pursuit is him and I have to be in with them. Hungry. They dig wells that will not only bless the hub but the region. Our focus is out. They will face opposition as the well gets deeper and the transforming presence of God grows in the hub. What else? They are presence-driven the revival hubs and those who lead them place great emphasis and value upon the presence of their God. Yes, amen. What else? These hubs are prayer-fueled. Prayer is the key to birth and sustain revival. They will release the sounds of heaven. They, together, corporately, will come together and they're coming together, will release something that will shift. 
uh, the atmosphere over the regions. Still with me? Still love me? Are you getting something out of it? They will be places of fathering and equipping, spiritual sons and daughters. Training is a key to raise up a generation that releases the kingdom. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, Ho, everyone who is thirsty, hungry and thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without cost. So this revival praying, and this is my final thoughts, but there are seven of them. You all right with that? If you turn in your Bibles to Hosea, Hosea is in the clean part. Uh, It's in the Old Testament. Um, Hosea chapter 10. When the soul of every individual in Kingdom Advance Network is enlarged through prayer and passion to pray, then the group called the church will be mobilized to take action and see results. The prayer has to start first. And here in Hosea 10 verse 12, we've got a great call. If you're taking notes, you're going to find it very easy to take notes from my next few slides. Let me read it to you, or you could read it out loud in your own Bible. Hosea 10 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness... Reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Are you ready to pray with some power? Here are seven points then. Oh, yes. Here we go. The first point is this. Oh, that's the scripture. First point is this. The preparation of prayer. The first thing there is break up. Break up. Prayer begins with a heart and mind that has been softened and planted with the word of God. Breaking up the soil of our hearts refers to a personal commitment to confession and repentance. Now, when we confess our sins initially and become a Christian, that's not it. We keep confessing. We align ourselves with the sin of the nation and we say, Lord, we, me and my people, they're sinning out there, Lord. I don't stand in judgment and say, Lord, they're sinning, deal with them, deal with them. I say, Lord, they wouldn't be in the mess they were in if the church had done what you'd asked her to do and been all that she could have been. So, Lord, we're sorry. I repent. I ask you, Lord, because of your mercy and because of the cry of my heart, Have mercy on them. Have mercy. Don't give them the hell that they deserve. So we've got to begin to break up our fallow ground, right? So it begins with a a personal commitment. Um, Religion will keep us from doing this. Confession and repentance is progressive. It keeps us close to the Lord and it constantly softens us and keeps us flexible. If you are not able to confess your sin, be open and transparent, there's an issue. If there are sins that you hide away from and are not willing to bring to the light, there's a problem. So it begins with, first first of all, I am willing, Lord, and making a commitment to begin to break up some things. Who's in that prayer? 
Okay, Steve, you can come and pray it for us. We're going to have some participation. Yeah, we haven't finished yet. We're just going to do a quick prayer there, and we're going to pray. We better stand up then if we're going to pray. And we're going to break. Because we're not passive. Lord, we need. We're active. Lord, right now we pray. Lord, I pray. And you just focus on yourself, Lord, where the soil of our hearts has gone hard mm. and crusty and Lord. and it's just not soft. It's not able to take the, the, uh, the seed of your word for it to be germinated. Lord, we ask right now that you would come and that it would be broken up right now. We choose yes, to right. break it that's up right. for ourselves. We choose, we choose for the plough right now yes. to go through it. Lord. We say, Lord, we are going to make a change. We're going to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do things differently yes, in Lord. order that that, that uh, hardness, that's, that compacted ground yes. might be broken up, might be ploughed up in order that fresh air, that life, that sustenance might be able to go into it and that seed, precious seed, would be planted in it. Mm. So, Lord, we choose. We are going to break it up, even this week, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. The second one, but that was very good, yeah. Fallow ground. Now, this is where I said to you, hold that thought, because sometimes the cares of life can lead to fallow ground. Things encroach in our lives and become our focus, and it causes the soil of our heart to be padded down. There can be things that we give our time and attention to that just waste time. I was thinking, you know, in the watch this morning, it was either the watch or the worship, that guy that started Facebook was very clever, wasn't he? But he was even clever with a name. Facebook. The Lord in the Garden of Eden wanted face-to-face encounter with his creation, with, his, with, with mankind. And the enemy tried to pervert it. And, you know, Moses says, Lord, show me your glory. I want face-to-face. He went up to the mountain and his face shone. We are now in a generation where Facebook... What do you do with the book? You don't read it out here, do you? You read it here. Facebook. Your face-to-face encounter is with, with social media before face-to-face. That's what he wants. He wants face-to-face. And I've found myself waking up in the morning, what time is it? What's the weather going to do today? What's been happening overnight? Who's, who's messaged me on Facebook? Oh, what are they doing? Mm. And I've been caught, trapped, And we've got a generation, a generation. And you say to them, lift your gaze. Go to him first before... Reading my Bible. Yeah, right. I'm saying Facebook is very clever. Facebook. Facebook. Break up your fallow ground. Okay, here's a little bit of a uh, for us to just do in twos where, with you, with whoever you're around. Our lack of spiritual gifts and our fervor. We de- we're desensitized from the spiritual realm when we fuel the soulish realm. 
I want you to just talk amongst yourselves and dare to identify, is there something that feeds your soul that you could adjust? I'm not asking you to confess big sin. I'm just saying, hmm, Holy Spirit, I don't know that it's quite, I could just do without that. I could actually, can you talk to each other? So what, what to you, it would be soulish in your life that, we're not talking about necessarily big sin, just stuff that you don't need in order to have more of him. Just, you could just sit with each other or move around or just, yeah, just, what would be fallow ground to you? What would be fallow ground? Okay, a, a better question might be, what hinders you from praying more? How about that? Answer that question. What in your life hinders you from praying more? Can we all agree that we might have a little bit of fallow ground somewhere that we could break up? Yes? We're all all right with that? You may go back to your own seats then if you'd like to do that. And we'll move on. So, thirdly, the urgency of prayer, for it is time. Psalm 119, verse 126 says, They have made void your law. It's time for you to act, Lord. It is time for you to act because they have made void your law. We have broken God's law and commandments. And because of that, it's time for him to act. So there's an urgency. Now is the time. Do you agree with me? We live in a glorious now of God. God's given us time for him to work on behalf of his faithful church. He desires that his people be mighty in prayer, experienced in getting answers, and undisturbed by the most complex or long-standing needs. I want to declare that we are going to pray and pray and pray through. And we're going to say, now is the time. This isn't a, just a season of prayer we're in. We are a house of prayer for all nations. End of. So if we don't have an uptake in the daily prayer meetings, then we will call it at a different time. And then we'll start visiting you at your house. <laughs> prayer meetings at your house then tonight. Okay, it's at your house tomorrow night. Because some way or another, we're going to get you praying. Amen? We tried it all the same time for a month. Now we've tried it different times in the week. You need to talk back to us if you're not connecting to prayer. If you're not connecting to one of the meetings in the week, and if it's, well, I just can't get out, well, then we'll come. There is not going to be a way out. I'm waiting for the amen. I'm waiting for the amen, the great amen. All right, the fourth one then, we're nearly through. The focus of our prayer to seek him. To seek him. This one thing, Psalm 27, we should know it off by heart. Seeking prayer is the earnest, continual perseverance birthed from a deep hunger and drive. Do we always need a topic? Yes and no, because we've always got a topic. If we can't just come before him, holding up holy hands and saying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we can pray for all those nations on the board at the back. We can pray for all the different things we need to pray for. We can give a list of a hundred different things, but it's all about him. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So there should never, ever be a point where you come to a prayer meeting and there's four of you and you go, 
Have you got something? Because I haven't got we should just be focused on him. To seek the Lord while he may be found. To come with your word and pray it back to him. The promises, 7,437 promises in the Bible. That's more than one a day. I think, yeah. To seek the Lord, to seek him. He desires that we're going to be mighty in prayer. Um, the persistence of prayer until he comes. Remember the woman uh, who came to the judge and she kept coming and coming with her, 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 her beseeching the judge to give her justice. And he said, well, I'm not interested in your, what you're doing, but I am interested in the fact that you've kept coming and coming. And because you've kept coming and coming, I'm just going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you said. Sometimes we just have to keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. And we're going to keep pressing until... Earnest, continual perseverance birthed from a deep hunger and drive. Seeking prayer is the prayer that Holy Spirit initiates and through intercession finds God's will and answers. Seeking the Lord, his beauty, until he comes to reign righteousness. Without the dynamic persistence, much prayer remains unanswered. What if we said, we're going to pray and we're going to pray for the next 40 days? And the Lord says, hmm, it's a bit of a shame. The answer, was, the answer was scheduled for 42. Well, I'm going to pray about this, Lord, and I'm going to set myself to seek your face, and I want the answer, and I know you're a God who can answer. Day one, this is. You know, day 15, oh, I thought you could do it, Lord, and I'm praying and still praying. Da, 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 da. Well, the answer isn't going to come that way. I think I'll just change my mind now and pray about something else. And the Lord says, if only you'd have just, just one more hour. How many, how many prayers have gone unanswered because we gave up until? Say to the Lord, I'm going to press through until. And the last one, he comes. Power in prayer comes from the empowering of the Holy Spirit within us. As we use that power in prayer, he continues to empower us and he breathes his spirit in us. And as a closing uh, uh, thought... The, the Jesus coming is him coming to rule and reign righteousness on the earth. It's him coming in the clouds with glory. But it's him coming riding a white horse with his wrath on the wicked. It is not going to be pretty. It says he's going to be coming with a sword. He's going to, he's going to strike the nations in his fury. Some people are going to be taken aback when Jesus comes and they're going to say, oh, this is not the Jesus that I thought. And it's, it's, it behoves us to be getting ourselves into that word so that we know what he's like. Not just what he looks like, but how does he feel about unrighteousness? Whoever is of the wicked left on the earth, when he steps foot, they are going to be drenched in blood. And it isn't his blood on the cross. Hey, when he comes, it says he's going to be treading down the winepress of his wrath. That means he is going to trample people to death. This is the God who is all merciful and all kind. And while we still have time, we can pull people from the brink of hell in our praying. We can ask for God's mercy, for his word to run swiftly, for the spirit to be poured out. There are a hundred different things you can be praying in line with scripture that Jesus will answer as we fill those bowls up so that the less can go to hell. The many can be spared. The many can be spared. Say it. The many can be spared. 
the many can be spared. Every heart that is turned to Jesus is the reward of his suffering. If I can pray a person into the kingdom, a prodigal back to him, Jesus gets the reward of that. I want Jesus to be fulfilled. He did it all. He's worthy of it all. Lord, we say, you see our hearts and our hands. You know who we are, Lord. Father, where, where we need that adjustment, do it in us. Come and rain righteousness on us. Fuel us again, Lord, and stir us to those places of prayer this week. We want to encounter you and partner with you. In Jesus' name.